Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every day for, oh, about 13 minutes or so. And in so doing, it helps keep us in God's Word every day. And that helps us to stay strong in our faith and even grow in our faith, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God. But it also helps us to have a better perspective, a more spiritual outlook on life as we face each day. And it also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and on our souls. You know people in your life who need to change their focus in life, don't you? The direction of their life, don't you? Well, help them by sharing these short studies with them. You can do that easily through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means as well. But help those people change their focus, to start thinking about their souls, about their relationship with God, about eternity, because it's coming. Share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. Think what a great blessing it will be for somebody to end up in heaven because you got them to start to change their direction in life by getting them into God's word, by sharing these short studies every day but that will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment. Make up your mind. Start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study, asking, can I believe the Bible? Or what do you think about the Bible? Well, ultimately, it comes down also to, can you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Can you believe in God? Well, we noted that C.S. Lewis made the observation that ancient man, he thought of his relationship with God as himself being the one being judged and God being the judge. But modern man today, especially in our country, we might say, but also I think probably in many areas in Europe, we probably look at ourselves or we tend to look at ourselves as being the judge and God being the one on trial. Yeah, yeah. Convince us, God, that we can believe in you. Tell us that we can be confident in our belief in you. God is the one on trial. We are the one sitting in the judge's seat. See, absolutely backwards, upside down, inside out. Now, when we make the, the, the connection between belief in God and belief in the Bible as God's word, the connection is inseparable. The Bible teaches us the basically the details about God. Now, the Apostle Paul, he used a point of, or he pointed out a, 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 a point of logical reasoning in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, when he says all we have to do really to recognize that God exists is to look around us and see the, the creation. See the intricacies, the interconnections, the inner workings of it, the interdependency of the creation all around us, the magnitude of it, and recognize there has to be a designer behind that design. The design is obvious, and design does not just happen without a designer, an intelligent designer, and God is that intelligent designer. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1 and verse 1. And we could look at numerous other scriptures that point out the same fact and truth. The scriptures give us the details about God. We can see the 
the necessity, the obvious recognition of God's existence in the creation just by casual observation. But the details about God, his being our creator, our having been created by him in his likeness, that is with a spiritual being, a soul, his love for us, and so on. The Bible, the scriptures give us all of those details, along with how we can look forward to being with God for all of eternity in heaven by coming to him through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for forgiveness and salvation, being baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins. Acts 2 and verse 38, Acts 22 and verse 16. Well, if we don't believe in the scriptures, then we don't believe in God. Now, some people would, they'd, they'd protest. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in God. I just don't believe the Bible is the word of God. Well, tell me, how do you separate the two? You see, if you reject the scriptures, you're rejecting the God of the scriptures because the scriptures give us the details of God. Now, if a person also, and some people will say, and we talked about this, some people will say, well, I believe the Bible as a whole. I just don't believe every point of it. I think there are a lot of mistakes in there. Uh, tell me which ones are mistakes. How did you come to that conclusion? How do you know which ones are true? If you came to the point, if you came to the belief that the Bible is filled with mistakes, then how do you know which points are true? You see, do you have that kind of insight? Do you have that kind of all-knowing intelligence that you can make the determination in a finite way? If a person rejects any part of the Bible, any part of the doctrine certainly being taught in the scriptures, he rejects all the Bible. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 31 and 32? If you follow my word, if you live by my teachings... Let's look at it exactly. John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. He's talking about being true followers of him. He said, if you abide in my word, now the word abide means live in. If you live in or live by my word, you are my disciples, my followers indeed. And then in verse 32, he goes on and says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. Okay? Somebody would say, well, yeah, I believe that. The truth. We've got to know the truth. How do we know the truth? In the 17th chapter of John, the night of his betrayal, Jesus prayed to the Father, to God, and he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. God's word is the truth that Jesus refers to. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, the apostle Peter, and he's writing this to Christians, he says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth, and then having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, in other words, not reborn physically, but reborn spiritually, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. The truth 
is that through which your souls have been purified as you obeyed those teachings of the word of God. You've been born again. And Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, that unless you're born again, you cannot see or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. The scriptures teach us that. But if you throw away part of the scriptures, the scriptures are declared by Jesus as being God's truth. Peter the apostle says they are the truth, the word of God through which we are born again, through which our souls are purified, through which we come to salvation. The apostle Paul identified the word of God or the scriptures as being the very word of God. In 2 Timothy 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, the original language, the literal translation would be all scripture is God-breathed, God's very word, in other words. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In other words, guided by the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul said. That's what Peter said. That's what Jesus said. The scriptures, the Bible, is God's very word. God's very word. Thomas Jefferson constructed a literal cut-and-paste Bible. For instance, he excluded references to the supernatural. It is called the Jefferson's Bible because it no longer was God's Bible. You see, when you start taking parts of the Bible out, that's no longer God's word. You've made it your word now. Well, I believe this. I be- okay, that's your Bible now. That's your scriptures. That's not God's scriptures. You see, if you reject part of it, it's no longer God's very word. As the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatian Christians in Galatians chapter 1 and verses 6 through 10, he said, I'm amazed that so soon after you become Christians, you're being carried away or you're being distracted by another gospel, which is not another, but there are some who would pervert the gospel of Christ. You see, once you change God's word, it is no longer God's word. The same can be said accurately about once you change truth, it is no longer truth. God's word is truth. Once you change God's word, and some people would change that by rejecting parts of it, it's no longer God's word. Now it's your word. So as Thomas Jefferson took out parts of the Bible, that was no longer referred to as the Bible or God's word. It was Jefferson's Bible now. He took the place in the construction of that book that he accepted as being God because it became his word, not God's word. Now, critics say the Bible is not meant to be a textbook, so its miraculous stories are not meant to be taken seriously. Or you do not have to believe the fairy tale parts of the Bible to believe its central message. 
By fairy tales, they mean things like God created the world in six days. Or there is a Satan, a personal Satan in Genesis chapter 3 in the garden who appears as a talking serpent in the garden. They say, oh, that's fairy tales. That's just made up. That's not really true. That's not accurate. Or how about the flood? Or how about Sodom's destruction? Or how about the Jews or the Israelites crossing the Jordan, uh, crossing the uh, Red Sea on dry ground as God's parted the waters? Or Balaam's donkey talking. We can go on and on and on. Jonah being swallowed by a great fish and staying in the fish's belly for three days, and then being vomited out on dry land. It, they'd say, no, no, that's, that's all just made up. That's just neat-sounding stories. That's all fairy tales. No, that's God's very word. Those things are accurate. Those parts of Scripture, they really describe what actually happened. You start taking parts of the Bible out, Close the whole book, throw it in the trash, because it is no longer the Bible. It is no longer God's word. And who are you, or who is anybody, to dissect it like that, to cut it apart, and say, I know better than what this book says. You know better than the Bible? You know better than God's word? You've just put yourself in God's place. You've become the judge. God is the one standing trial before you. How arrogant. How foolish. We'll dig deeper next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being patient with us in spite of our arrogance, in spite of of our problems, our weaknesses, our doubts. Help us, Father. Help us to overcome our doubts and our weaknesses. Help us to set aside our arrogance. Help us to be strong in our faith in you, Father. And Father, please forgive us. You are all-powerful. You are all-glorious. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.